Welcome to the Popcorn Talk Network. For the online broadcast network that features movie discussion, news, and interviews, press one. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. From the Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast network for movie talk, and the schmoes know, this is Guilty Movie Pleasures. In-depth discussion on movies, no matter how guilty they make you feel. (laughs) Hello, Schmoville, and welcome to a very special episode of Guilty Movie Pleasures. How special is it? Well, Josh Bakuga's not here. That is always special. (laughs) Josh Bakuga had his birthday party last night. To explain to everybody really quick, that's one of the many reasons he won't be joining us. He is still the host of the show. I just figured I'd come in on this very special episode, joined as always by Mr. Ben Bagley. Uh, our co-pilot. Hello, and, hello. You know what? We're down in Makuga today. Yeah. But we are up a nerd. We are. Not uh, n- not just any nerd. We are up the king of the nerds. Yes. He actually hosts a show called King of the Nerds. He's the co-king. There's two kings. And there's you, two kings. There's two kings. But there's only one booger. Yes. And I am so excited to be not only featuring Revenge of the Nerds, which is one of my favorite comedies of all time on Guilty Movie Pleasures, with us for the show is Curtis Armstrong, ladies and gentlemen, a.k.a. Booger. Thank you all. It's amazing how you were able to fit all those people in here. It's pretty crazy, right? Everybody just sit down. Please, calm sit down. down. Please. please. We Thank have to you. get through the show. Thank you. My God, what a crowd. How is how is life now? Because you, you had Revenge of the Nerds and it came out. And it was a huge phenomenon in 1984 right. when it was released. And it, it permeated the culture and it continued. They made four nerd films. Yeah. And now on TBS, every Friday night, you can catch King of the Nerds, which is hosted by you and Robert Carradine, who is also the star of Revenge of the Nerds. Right. So how does it feel just being in that world still? Well, it's, uh, I mean, to begin with, it didn't really create a huge furor when it started. It was really, um, you know, it was, it did well. Uh, for what it was, um, but we were not really uh, a big hit at the time. It was something that percolated over time. You know? That that was so interesting to me because again, it came out in 1984, and right. there's a lot of great movies. If you do your research in 1984, that was a great oh, yeah. year at the box office. Yeah, it was. I mean, between you got everything from Purple Rain, Indiana Jones, and the Temple of Dune coming out. And so, I before we actually get into the movie, that was my question, is what was the opening weekend like? Well, it was a strange situation, because what happened was, when we made Revenge of the Nerds, there was one regime in, in uh, control of 20th Century Fox. It was a 20th Century Fox movie. And... After we had started making the movie, they were replaced with a new regime. And the new regime came in, and they hated Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> Nerds. They Nerds. hated us. The new like regime was run by Ogre. <laughs> <laughs> yes. A 40-year-old man posing as a fraternity brother. Exactly. Uh, so they said that uh, they didn't want them. They didn't want to release it at all. What? Um, yeah, they did. And so what they did was they, you know, put it out with no pu- no publicity at all. You know, in the third week of August or so. You know, they buried it basically, and did no spent no money on it. Nothing, figuring it would just go away. And it wound up doing very well. It made like forty million dollars or something in that initial the- theatrical. Which you get in nineteen eighty four. Nineteen eighty four. Yeah, pretty is good. Pretty incredible. And especially considering it cost about seven to make. You know, in those days. So, but how appropriate for like for such an underdog story about nerds rising up to have you guys literally <laughs> well, in real life the movie be a- against all odds? Yeah, it's it actually wound up being that way because then uh, this new regime 
you know, I mean, they dealt with it. And then, uh, but their new, one of their policies was no um, sequels. <laughs> they were not going to do any sequels of really? any movie. It didn't matter what the movie was, they weren't going to do sequels of it. So, uh, you know, that was the end of that. And then three <laughs> years later, two years later, whatever it was, uh, they were replaced by a new regime. <laughs> they loved sequels. They loved a sequels. sequels. <laughs> and the first one they, they greenlit was Revenge of the Nerds. It's because a, by that time, you know, because of cable and, and yeah. home video and all that, it had had gathered steam and it, it it had become a cult favorite at that point. Well, and also, I mean, it, when you watch it today, it, it, and, you know, I, I'm sure, Ben, you watched it. I watched it twice, actually, last night because there's so many things that I missed from initially seeing. I mean, I saw this movie a hundred times as a kid, mm-hmm. all through high school and all through college as well. It serves as the template. I think that and Animal House are... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Are still the template today for every movie from uh, Van Wilder to Super old school bad to all that stuff. Uh, Pitch Perfect, yeah. even you you have on a college campus, and you have it's basically some sort of conflict. And when you right. have mm-hmm. the nerds versus the jocks, it's such a great mold to inject a lot of comedy in. Yeah. I have a confession to make. Uh, I didn't realize till about fifteen minutes into the movie last night that I had never seen it, and it's because <laughs> oh and here's and hell out but of no, here. here's why. Here's why because I was raised where like my parents the worst thing. Movie could have growing up was boobs in it. It oh, was yeah. like I could see anything else, but if there were boobs, I wasn't allowed. So it was like I, I think I caught parts of it on cable, but like it never had. It was like edited. And last night I watched it. I'm like, how have I? This is awesome. How have I never? See, I just thought in my head, I was like, yeah, of course I've seen Revenge of the Nerds. And then half, like 15 minutes in, I'm huh. like, oh my god, I'm a terrible human being. How did I miss this movie? You know movie? what? You, have to, you I, have to feel better about yourself I, than that. I know. I just, I just, just because you didn't see it doesn't make you a bad person. But I, I had to confess it. I didn't want to sit here and be like, oh man, in high school, who? Because in high school, if I had seen it in high school, I probably would have watched it a hundred times. It really is one of those films that, you know, when, when you're hanging out with your friends and, yeah. and you know, because I before, was that guy in high school. Absolutely. Before direct <laughs> still TV, am. the Ellis family had cable, right? The Ellis family, we had HBO, we had Showtime, we had Cinemax, and so all my friends would try to spend the night at my place. <laughs> of course. Because not only did the Ellis family provide the best food possible, all my friends would come over because nobody else had Pop-Tarts and Toaster Strudels. Oh, you know? yeah. Wow. That's Toaster Strudel. Work. You had a smorgasbord of <laughs> wow, breakfast Wow, you guys treats, were loaded. And you could stay up late at night and watch a movie that had boobies in it. And so yeah. I don't I don't, I don't, know if that was <laughs> the, the way into Revenge of the nerds, but once you it's, get in there, the listen, movies are the last thing you think about because it's such a funny movie. Yeah. It's well, yeah. I mean, it, and it, it, any way you get into it is the right way to get into it, I suppose. Which yeah. could be the motto for the movie. There could but, be a motto for meeting a girl too. It's uh, just any, <laughs> any way in, any way in. So, uh, <laughs> so we're uh, yeah. So that was how it all uh, came about. And uh, but originally, you, know, you didn't. Uh, I read on IMDb and like the fun facts. Originally, you were like. Adamantly opposed to playing booger. Oh right? yeah, Is that, oh, yeah, yeah. I or you're like, no, there's no way. 
Well, I was, you know, this goes back to New York. I was living in New York then. I was doing, a, I was a stage actor primarily, and I'd only done one movie at that point. And that was Risky Business, which I felt was a really, you know, a great introduction to movies. It was a, you know, beautifully made movie. Yeah. And it was very well written and, you know, re- regarded even at its time. And um, so then, of course, you know, a year goes by with no work. And uh, then Revenge of the Nerds shows up. And I thought that I was, I went in to read for Gilbert. And that was the part I was re- I read for because Bogart basically barely existed in the script at the time. And so uh, the, they needed to give actors something to read, so they gave me Gilbert. And I thought I was reading for Gilbert. And they said, well, you know, Robert Carradine has been cast as Lewis, and you're, you're, I went, wow, Robert Carradine, that's great, and all that, and I'm going to read for that. So I went in, and I read for it, and then, uh, I remember, as a matter of fact, I remember Bronson Pinchot. From Risky Business, too. From Risky Business, but, and we've become friends as a result of Risky Business. He went in on Revenge of the Nerds, too. And, uh, he didn't get a call back. And I Bounty did not get a call <laughs> back. Wow. The call the back. Nerds. And wow. I, I remember talking to him on the phone because I then got a call from them saying, uh, we just heard from Revenge of the Nerds. Um, Anthony Edwards is playing Gilbert. You're not. <laughs> but they really liked your work and they want to know if you would accept another role in the movie. And so I was thinking, well, it's not Lamar. <laughs> 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 Probably and not Takashi. It's not not Takashi. <laughs> Can't be Wormser. I'm too old for Wormser. <laughs> and you know, I figured at that point it's either Poindexter or uh, or Booger. And with my luck, it would be Booger. And uh, I remember having a conversation with Bronson on the phone. I mean, and he was we were outraged that he didn't get his call back. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, Well, I'll tell you one thing right now. I am not going to throw my burgeoning film career away on a role like Booger. <laughs> I said, they make an offer for Booger, I'm turning it down. End of, end, of, end of story. And then they called and offered me Booger, and I took it. <laughs> <laughs> was, did you put up a fight at all, or was, no, it, or was no. it something where it's like, no. Eh, okay. Yeah, I okay. just said okay. Well, you also, I mean, you know, that decision partially, the character's name is Booger, and I can understand that as a young well, actor. There's also nothing there. And they yeah. said, yeah. they said at the time, well, don't worry about that because we're, you know, we're bringing you all out a week early and before we start filming, and we're going to be working with the director and the writers on the film, and we're going to, you know, beef up this role a bit. And I was new enough at movies to not even think that I was being bullshitted. <laughs> I mean, I, it never occurred to me that uh, that they would actually because since then, it's been you know whenever somebody says, "Oh no, no this, it's not the way it's going to be. We're going to fix it up for you." That's when yeah. you know, run away quickly because <laughs> it's they will never be, fix it up. For never you. be fixed. So, uh, so I was. Uh, we went there and we were all sitting around and we would just sit around for all week. We would sit around and work with the director and the writers. How was it meeting the, the rest of the cast? Because w- when this movie comes on, I mean, you, you get to meet Robert Carradine and Anthony Edwards' character first, then yeah. when they get to college. And I mean, the premise of the movie, if you haven't seen it yet, is that you, they have this nice freshman life until the jocks accidentally burn down their fraternity because house. Because they're doing a, a fire, fireball, uh, they're fireball. spewing alcohol and, <laughs> and spitting fire all over 
of their, their fraternity. Yeah, yeah. and so... And Don't so, try this at home. <laughs> do not. And or, so, or at least one of the fa- many things in Revenge of the yeah. Nerds you should not do at home. At least don't face a curtain when you're blowing fire. <laughs> yeah, he actually, the first two fireballs worked fine. And then <laughs> he gets the cocky. One. Then he goes, oh, no, 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 I'll do it in this direction instead. <laughs> so, kids, when you're drinking alcohol and blowing fireballs, the first two are totally set. Yeah, just, it's the third one. third one. Have everybody step back. Don't be near the curtains. It's fine. <laughs> it's so funny because when the movie comes on, you have these different archetypes and you get to meet these individual characters and then it's not until the jocks kick the nerds out of their place and the nerds right. have to live in the gymnasium that all these different... Which is such a funny... It's such a funny it's concept. It's such an outlandish premise, and it works so well for all types of comedy. Because yeah. in Revenge of the Nerds, you have a lot of spoof jokes, and then you also have some straight up gags that that it all coalesces into again one of the great college comedies of all time. And so, when you guys were actually working on the film, mm. was there a bonding experience like almost what happened in the film where you have to live in the gym together? Oh no, I mean it was we were living in a motel in Tucson, Arizona. We were shooting it. University of Arizona. Which I loved when I read that because it's one of the great party schools in the country. Well, and the dean or somebody was against it originally, yes. well, right? Well, the dean's name, by the way, was your... Dudley. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and they named Dudley Dawson after him because he was such a hard ass about the about the script. That's hysterical. And they, it's so weird how these things happen because they gave him a version of the script which was tactfully it had a few things tactfully excised. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing the, the panty raid scene was well, uh, I don't remember what gone. exactly, but that was what they, you know, the approval was. And then, you know, he found out about it and it, became, it caused this big thing and they wound up calling me Dudley Booger Dawson <laughs> in his honor. Um, but we at least were allowed to finish the movie. When they tried to reshoot the movie a few years ago, they were at Duke or someplace. Oh, yeah. I can't remember where I didn't were. know they were trying to make a there remake was, until I read about it, and I was like, what? There's always been a big movement to remake Revenge of the Nerds, <laughs> right. at least in the last decade, and they got pretty close in 2007. Well, it wasn't they just close. It was, they were filming. They were filming the movie. Wow. And the same thing happened. They gave the university a fake script, and then the somebody leaked the actual script, and the university shut them down. And refused permission to, and they tried to find another one, but they were in the middle of production. It's so yet another reason to hate Duke University. Exactly. Coach K can have his <laughs> well, thousand this wins. Was what the, uh, my recollection is, and I might be wrong, so I probably shouldn't even say it, but my recollection is that was the reason, was because it was Duke, and they were still dealing with the oh the, the, the lacrosse scandal, the yeah, lacrosse scandal. So that was um, they had that on their plate already, and then whatever was in the script, and I I never read it. Bobby read it and said it was really, really over the top. I mean, extreme. And not in a good way. Well, when you watch, it's, it, we might as well open this can of worms now. Is that when you see a classic like Revenge of the Nerds, and there's some movement, when, for whatever reason, this is a time we live in in 2015 where there's so much nostalgia for the 1980s. So yeah. whether you're talking about Beetlejuice or you're talking about mm-hmm. Back to the Future or Revenge of the Nerds, everybody says, oh, we should remake that. And I think that partially it's just studios are afraid to have original ideas. I can't imagine anybody else playing those characters, particularly when you get to Booger. Well, I don't think they did. I think they. My my recollection is they had all new characters. It was the same basic plot line, but all new characters because they didn't want to. They didn't want to recast those those parts, and and that's understandable. But I mean, it isn't just fear of new ideas. It's also, um, I think. 
um, they feel from a marketing standpoint, it's they have a leg like up. a built-in fan base. They have oh. a built-in fan base who you, you'll get one weekend out of it. Yeah, and then it'll go to D- DVD and people will rent it and buy it. You know, which is all anybody cares about anymore. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it, when when you go back to the original film, and and it's funny because you you have the jocks versus the nerds, and the two real standouts, like what Ben alluded to earlier, is that it's it's booger and ogre, and in no scene <laughs> is that better displayed well, than the Belgian contest, yeah. right? And that's one of the things that's interesting about the movie, and it's in retrospect, it's one of the things that people talk about. There's somebody wrote something online about this recently, uh, about if you can step back for a minute. You know, out of our fondness and our nostalgia about Revenge of the Nerds, and you look at some of the underlying stuff, there there are a lot of really wonderful statements being made, and those are the ones that I tend to grab onto, uh, and the ones that we use to sell King of the Nerds. Um, But at the same time, there's some other stuff in the movie which is problematic <laughs> to say the least. I, I will say I will say since it was my first time seeing it last night when when all of you are like we're going to get revenge against the sorority I'm like oh cool what are they going to do and then I'm like whoa <laughs> yeah, I know. this is a little invasive and like borderline like yeah. you would have to go around to your neighbors after this and be like hey so I did this thing in college yeah. and uh, I'm your neighbor now don't worry it's behind me exactly. certain like, government run websites have my name especially, on it. especially Lewis with the hoodie in the shower like, yeah, like, I mean, it's oh. it's it, under under most under most <laughs> definitions, it's at least assault. Yeah, uh, probably but you, worse. But and do you think? I mean, it, it, no. But here's the thing. I mean, I'm not giving. My point in, in bringing it up mm-hmm. is one of the things that that someone said recently was that what happens in Revenge of the Nerds is a classic example of. Uh, a persecuted minority becoming the thing they hate. Yes, ah. and that is also a part of what happens in Revenge of the Nerds. I don't, th- I don't think it was intended, but I think that that is something that you take away from the movie when you see it. It becomes yeah. the nerds become the jocks. That's right. And yeah. when they start out, they are the minority. And even you look back to something like what the jocks do, and it's like they're throwing bricks through windows and yeah. they're burning stuff on the lawn. And so this is a very clan mentality yeah. that, it was that in, these jocks have. It was intended that way because the writers of the film were actually making a statement on anti-Semitism and, and persecution of minorities. It was something they felt deeply. And Jeff Canoe, the director of the movie, felt deeply. And all of us, the people who were playing the nerds, we were all people who came of age uh, in the 60s, and we had a concept of all of that. So everyone was aware of that that underlying statement. So that when the, the, thing, when the jocks put a burning nerds thing up yeah. on that is it's not possible to miss what that no. is a reference to would you consider booger a nerd because when you see the film you you meet your your first two for lack of a better term, King Nerds, which is Anthony Edwards and Robert right. Carey. Yeah. And then you meet Booger, and he's the guy that I think most people identify with. And actually, like, we were talking before we went live that I'm wearing my drunk uncle shirt. Like, this is this is what Booger, I think, would grow into, is that he's just that fun drunk uncle that you want to hang out with. And so... Yeah, he's the guy with the weed. He's, I mean, he's the one who kicks right. the party up, and it's just like... Is he I actually like by, nerd? Gi- by giving marijuana to a 12-year-old. That's a <laughs> great idea. <laughs> um, but... Um, yeah, uh, that was who Booger was. He was not 
really a nerd. And I think, you know, I mean, I would love to talk to to Steve Zacharias and Jeff Buhai, or the writers of the finished script, about what they had in mind with this, because I think that Booger, to me, represents, I mean, it's funny, and it's all of the stuff that we remember Booger from, but there, another reason why Booger is important is because his presence in the nerd house indicates how these nerds are just totally accepting of everybody. (laughs) Because the truth is he's really kind of disgusting and he's not like them at all. But he gets thrown out too. And they just they don't even Mm -hmm. blink. They just say, okay, Booger, you're looking for the houses with us? He's with them. He's one of them. He's one of the outsiders. And they accept that without question. So that's that that the the message of tolerance, the message of acceptance, is part of what Revenge of the Nerds is, and that's the pur- pur- point that the the purpose that Booger plays. And the ending is is actually pretty powerful when Anthony powerful. Edwards says, I, "It's like I was not expecting that," and having like and saying, "You know, there's more of us than there are of you," and, and it's just and especially now uh, watching it now with um, how nerd culture is. Is huge, you yeah. know. I'm a big nerd. I'm a big comic book fan, all that stuff. But growing up, I was, it was like not cool at all. And now I'm like, man, I wish I was growing up now when like everything nerd is cool. Yeah. And I think that even, I mean, because I was born in '82, but like even in like '84 when this movie was made, I can't imagine that uh, this was like we were. We've been talking how it was kind of revolutionary at the time. It wasn't. There wasn't a lot of nerd empowerment going on. It was more. Well, that's what was. I mean, it's one of the great things about it is that in that last scene, which is my favorite thing in the movie, yeah. because it's just it is so moving. You know, they're standing up in front of different generations of people, yeah, and saying, "You all went through what we're going through now. We're coming out." You come out too. It's so you know, stop good. Stop hiding behind, you know, whatever you're hiding behind, and join us down here. And it, you know that that kind of uh, the ability to to motivate people to take a stand, uh, you know, with other people, is a tremendous thing. And uh, it's it, I don't know. It's just one of the things about the movie that is special, and I think it's one of the things that makes people still relate to it so deeply. Well, with the two warring factions that were on screen, when you guys were filming it, was there was there a bonding experience? Did you guys go out and party together? Oh, was God, it a yes. professional shoot? What's, a, what's well, some of the craziness a, that went on? The two were not mutually exclusive. <laughs> it, was a pro, it was a professional shoot, but that did not mean that we were not partying afterwards. In fact, we were in this hotel, motel, and it was divided up. There were two movie companies in it at the same time. We had Revenge of the Nerds in one part of the motel, and in the other we had a movie called uh, Flashpoint uh, with Treat Williams yeah. and Chris Christopherson. Oh. And these two, we took up the entire, <laughs> the entire motel, and they partied too. And so in the evening, you'd go into the bar, and John Goodman would be there, and and the, the nerds would be there, but so would Don Gibb, and so would Chris Christopherson would be up playing guitar with Bobby Carradine. Christopherson's and, got some good stuff. Yeah, right. talking about I mean, Booger being a good weed dealer. Christopherson might be the best well, of all. <laughs> we just, I mean, it was really insane. I mean, there was, there was you know, furniture on the lawn craziness, and... Um, 
you know, we had a wonderful time. Who was, who was the biggest animal? Who, who, oh, who was yeah. the biggest party animal of the crew? Who was the one that's like, oh, that's oh, the guy? It wasn't, it wasn't any of the actors. It was the camera crew. <laughs> oh, yeah. They did better than Sounds anyone. Sounds about right. Because they don't have to look good the next day. They, they just were, have to make yeah. you guys look good. Yeah. They, did, they, were, uh, they were madmen. And, you know, we, compared to them, we were really sort of very good boys. And, I mean, we got around a bit, but um, but nothing compared to the camera crew. And they they used a lot of the the University of Arizona students in the yes, as extras. Do. Did the did they come out and party with? You oh guys? yes, but not with us. They didn't come and party with the actors. They party with the camera crew. <laughs> I, th- I don't know. I think they maybe had the best drugs. I don't know what it was. See, that's but. a lesson all you kids out there is that everybody wants to grow up and be a star. Yeah. Now, get a good union job. <laughs> make sure AC. you get some insurance. Yeah, and you true. can party with the best one because, again, you can you can be a camera. Yeah. You can be hungover all day if you want. I just yeah. want to be a grip now. Forget <laughs> all this stuff. Those guys. Quitting acting. Those guys were amazing. I mean, you know. Well. Wow. Yeah, I, anything I've been on, and when we go out drinking, yeah, you're right. The actors are always kind of tame compared to the crew. Well, you do have wild. to produce you have to, something, and unless you're yeah. unless you're completely crazy, you yeah. you know you have some responsibility, and you go to bed at night. And I mean, I even had the thought last night when we were at Makuka's birthday party, all singing karaoke, and I'm like, well, I, I got to wake up yeah. early tomorrow. I got to do morning radio, and then I got to come here, and it and it was such a treat. It was actually a pleasure to be like, nope, I got to go home. I got to go home. I got to have another beer. Yeah, yeah, guys. Yeah. yeah. I mean. When, 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 when you see what this film has done, and then it bleeds into the, your show on TBS, right. King of the Nerds, yeah. nerd culture, like what Ben was saying, it is the cool thing now, yeah. and and it's, it's taking it's, over, it's, and it's awesome. <laughs> is it? How would you define a nerd? I've always been dying to ask you this question. How would the guy who played Booger define what a nerd is? Well, I I begin by saying, of course, I reiterate, I don't believe Booger was a nerd. I think mm-hmm. I was in the movie, but I don't believe he was a nerd. However, he hung with nerds, and I have, I Curtis. Uh, was a nerd when I was growing up, serious nerd when I was growing up. So I would say that, and I, I define this based on what I've heard the various seasons on our show, the third one now, um, we would talk to the nerds on our show. And the the definition that I liked best about nerd nerds was someone with with absolute passion uh on something, and it could be anything. It doesn't have to be computers. It doesn't have to be games. It doesn't have to be you know. You know, it can be like I grew up a book nerd. I was a I was a bibliophile. I collected books. I read books. That was my my nerd thing. But we're talking the sixties. Things changed dramatically after that. Um, but you can be a start. You know, a science fiction nerd. You can be you know whatever. But then you have a subset of that, which is the geek. And the geek... So it's nerd is the phylum, is the and then geek is the... Geek is the one where you're, you, you are a Star Trek geek. Yeah. You know, you are a, a, uh, a, a you know, World of Warcraft geek. Whatever it is, the, spe- the, the, the geek tends to be more specific, nerd, more general uh, thing. But the idea is that you are passionate about it, and you want to share it with other people. How would Ben do on the show? Because I feel like Ben, ben loves talking I'm about... What a big nerd he is. 
But I don't know how you would do when you're competing against other... Like, if I could take my talent, yeah. I am the world's greatest Tetris player. A lot of Schmobile already knows that. I will beat the crap out of anybody at Game Boy Tetris. That's yeah. my version. I think I could I think I could take that to King of the Nerds. What would you be taking to the table? See, I think that the problem I would have is I, I'm... A super big geek about so many things that, like, I... You're spread too thin. I'm spread too thin. I I love Star Wars. I love the X-Men comics. I like Batman. I like video games. I, I, It's just kung fu movies, random Japanese horror films. You need to focus, I need to focus on one thing. Well, actually, what he's talking about on King of the Nerds is really an advantage. Um, The only thing that, that you do not mention is academic. And the, and and cosplay, you know. Okay. There are things mm. that we do. Music. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are things that we do on the show. So somebody who comes in and they have, you know, uh, you know, they're great academic. I mean, we've got this year we've got you know three doctors on the show. Wow. Yeah, three people with doctorates. So one of, one of them is a marine biologist. One of them works for NASA. One of them is a mathematician. Nerds and are kicking ass so, in 2015. Oh so we got those three people. But then you know, and they're great on their. On the, when the the nerd challenges deal with what they do and what mm-hmm. they know, but then they also have to do cosplay, and they also have to do the nerd anthem challenge, which requires composing, recording, and performing uh, an original song about the nerd experience. Huh. And so all of these people have to do all of those other things as well. And w- one of the things that's great about it is sometimes they're terrible at it. <laughs> and, and they're just, you know, they ruin everything. And then there are other times where they discover they have this ability to do something that they never tried before. And it, so it becomes a different thing for them. They love that experience i love i just i, I love the competitive aspect yeah. of, of anything when you're when you're when you're putting people who are like-minded against each other and there can only be one king i think it's fantastic i you know one of the coolest things about this movie or the fallout of revenge of the nerds is that lambda 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 actually became a real uh, yeah, fraternity right. <laughs> have you ever made an yes. appearance at a lambda 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 house? i've never made an appearance but uh was it um season one i think of king of the nerds we did a radio show uh, with the son of the director, and the director was there too, Jeff Canoe, uh, and and we were doing a live. It was like this, doing exactly this live uh, 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 webcast, radioing, yeah. <clears throat> the radio thing, and uh, and it was Bobby and me. Larry B showed up surprisingly, <laughs> and and we were just having a lot of fun and reminiscing and all that. It was great. That's fantastic. Then, as another surprise, the guy had live Skyping in the uh, Yukon uh, uh, Lambda Lambda Lambda. Uh, uh, <laughs> That's so incredible. They were all there. And, of course, the great thing about the Lambda Lambda Lambda, it's men and women. And I think it may be the only fraternity in the recognized fraternity in the United States that is that is co-ed. It's, wow. it's an amazing achievement to actually create a fraternity and a you know and a, these a co-ed. were all created by people who were rejected by all the fraternities or sororities. See, and they said, "Why don't we just do a lambda, lambda, lambda?" You could be, you could be like if you were like a uh, you know a SIGEP or something like that, and you go back to your college, you can probably maybe get into the fraternity house. You can get in to any campus that has a lambda, 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 and you will be treated like royalty. Well, I mean, we'd be treated well, I think, in general with in 
fraternities because you know the, absolutely the, yeah. the, the fraternities uh, have claimed revenge of the nerds in the same way that the nerds have which is a funny other aspect <laughs> of it. I mean I get people all the time coming up to me yeah I get nerds all the time of course but sometimes I will get these guys come up to me and they're jocks and they're clear I mean they're no neck <laughs> muscles everywhere you know buzz cuts these guys and they say, I just want to tell you that Revenge of the Nerds meant a lot to me. And I think I'm being, you know, jerked around. And he, and he, he says, uh, you know, that, that, was my, that was my story. That was, that was what I went through in college. And I would go, come on. You, you beat up people like me in college. And they'd say, no, no, no. And they would go on about it. And the truth is, we realized, and it, it deals with it oddly a little in Nerds too, that there is a pecking order mm-hmm. in the jocks and the guys who are at the bottom of that rung are just feel the same sense of rejection and everything else that the nerds do. So for some jocks, it did actually mean something. And I think that that's just cool. I think that's great. I mean, for, for somebody who's never been good at belching or burping, like right. I can't burp on command and Not watching that either. scene. How was that? How was filming that actual scene? How long did that take when it's you versus Ogre, which for my money are the two most memorable characters in the film, is that you leave that movie thinking Booger and Ogre. You guys go head to head in an epic burping contest. How was the filming of that scene? It didn't take long at all. I mean, it was very quick. We, you know, once we went from the, the early part of the scene where we're doing the introductions and John Goodman and <laughs> everything uh, that we then get up there and we start to do, you know, I don't remember it being more than a couple of takes each. And all we did was we got because neither of us could come close to doing that on command. How do you fuel it? You just pretend. It's actually because isn't it actually? Uh, I read online that it's actually like a human burp mixed with a camel sound. Or a something? camel orgasm. A camel orgasm. Yeah. Yeah, which I didn't know. Guess what day it is? <laughs> that took me really by surprise. No, this is what happened. Camel's found, orgasm really terrifying. Yeah, it's this is a, a true a true story. What happened was Tim Busfield, who played Poindexter, who's also in the film. Yeah, um, he was after the we'd finished. He would hang out while they were cutting the movie because he wanted to learn about that. And so he would be in while they were cutting. And they were, it was driving them crazy finding the the belch for Booger because nothing was long enough or fruity enough or anything. (laughs) And there was no human who could accomplish it. So they, uh, they had a good human one, but it wasn't enough. So they went and they, they started going through recordings of the wild animal kingdom, hoping to find something. And they found this sound, uh, a recording of an, of a camel. Mating, and and the sound that the camel made, they went. That's it. It's him. <laughs> and so they blended the human with the the camel, and that is what I do. I can't. I'm gonna go home and watch the movie again, just because now with that yeah. information in my head, I want to pick. And I never knew. Oh like. I never knew until like uh, whenever it was ten years ago when we did the the Blu-ray for Revenge of the Nerds, and we were all. They brought in everybody, and we were all sitting around telling stories and stuff. And it was, and that was when I found out what it was. Tim told me then. That's amazing! Wow, that's <laughs> when, when, oh, yeah. oh, that's the winner. See? It just sounds like well, now not it's, like the they're problem, having fun. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, 
But you don't know. Have. You don't know that, and you shouldn't judge. You're right. You're right. Hey, you know what? I'm be, I'm, I'm persecuting camel sex. Yeah, I'm sure exactly. it's very enjoyable. <laughs> they they get whatever they get out of it, and you just have to. But that's which that, one know. is making that noise? Oh, you can't separate the two. Now it's is now it just, it's no. one. Yeah. And the worst part of it is now that I've told the story a few times, everybody can't get camels out of their head when they hear it. <laughs> it. It used to be people actually thought I did it, which is ridiculous. But why do you think the movie is as held up as well as it has? Because when you watch it, and sure, I mean anything that comedy is a very hard thing to mm-hmm. keep fresh. So right. when you see something like an Animal House or Revenge of the Nerds, what's the most impressive thing to me is that I'm still laughing today in 2015 watching that movie because there's tons of comedies and Revenge of the Nerds is default a little bit because it, it spawned a lot of campus comedies right. that didn't do well that you forget about that they don't even air yeah. on Comedy Central at 3 in the morning. Some of the funniest lines are, are Booger's lines. So is is was a lot of that stuff in the script by the time you guys shot, Some or did you improv was. it? Some of it was. Some of it was improv. Yeah. And um, are yeah. you going to eat that? It's still my. It's still the one that that, that gets me to this day. Yeah, that was that, that was improv because <laughs> we didn't. Yeah, so good. We had no way of knowing what the the basketball going into the uh, the uh, chili was going to do. And there was this big hunk of it on his... Is that one take? Because that, that's got to be a bitch to... If you dump a basketball... No, no, that was one... That was one the, and done. That was... Yeah. yeah. I mean, we... I think we had done a bunch of takes of us up to that point. Yeah. And then... Throw the basketball. And that was it. But you could only do it once because that was, you know, his outfit. I mean, this is... It's, it really is... It's such a thrill to get to talk to you today. Because, I mean, I've, I've never met you in person and... Just getting to meet an iconic character from my childhood, from a film that meant so much to me and my friends, mm-hmm. it's just, it's such a thrill. And Ben, I know you just saw this movie for the first time. It's how, awesome. How do you feel about Revenge of the Nerds and the comedy aspect of it holding up? It, it's. I just found myself cracking up and being like, how? Like, how they get away with? This? How did they get away with this stuff? And and also, I felt myself really relating to the entire uh, journey of the nerds because I I felt like how I felt in high school whenever there was a pep rally and they'd be super stoked for the football team and the swim team and then they'd be like and now the school of theater (laughs) they're putting on Romeo and Juliet and you know I was Romeo which was huge for me and nobody gave a shit you know it's like nobody cared it was like I know so I went through the same yeah it was I felt like uh I just, I, I was really just more angry at myself for not experiencing it before because I feel like it would have made me, um, when I was younger, feel like, uh, there were other people that felt the same way, you know? Because when I was growing up, being a nerd was uh, kind of shunned and it would have been cool to have watched this earlier and been like, oh! Oh, we are going to grow up. What your parents say when they're like, you're going to grow up to be successful and the jocks are going to be mowing lawns, you know, well, you don't hard, believe that. It's yeah. hard to to make kids understand that, yeah. though. I mean, you try to, I mean, my daughter's a nerd, and, and one of the things that when she was growing up, she had very different interests from everyone she knew. And uh, it was it was difficult to try and make her understand that there was going to be a time, you know, it's like it's like in Revenge of the Nerds when Wormser is being dropped off at the at the gym by his his mother and father. <laughs> so good. And yeah. she says, and he says, I don't want to be here. This is like we're refugees from a war. And he says, I want to be with people my own age. And she says, You will be with people your own age when you're older. Which is one of yeah, my favorite yes, lines yes. in the movie. Uh, it's hard to explain that to kids, but uh, I, one of the great things about King of the Nerds, and also for many years, Revenge of the Nerds, 
Um, but I, I got an email the other day from a woman who watches the show, and she's got like a, a, a son uh, who's twelve, maybe. And she said, "I love this show." Because it allows my son to know that there are people like him out there, and and it's a and fantastic premise too. Because a lot like what Revenge of the Nerds and Lambda 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 did is that it takes the football players were just good at football, and then these guys have all these different interests. And at the climax of the film, that ends up paying off yeah. and helping the nerds win the day. I love that moment. That that was completely surprising to me when Lewis uh, and Betty Betty right yeah. have sex in the funhouse. <laughs> I was like, oh, she's gonna scream and leave because that's what would happen in a modern movie. Is she would flip out, but it was such a smart choice to make her go. Wait a minute! (laughs) And he's like, jocks always think about sports, and we've thought about sex our whole lives. She says, "Are are all nerds as good as you?" Yeah, yeah, because you know, all jocks think about is football, and we think about is sex. But yeah, I mean, you know, that's again, that's one of the more. I mean. For the time, it was what it was. You know, now it's a little cringeworthy, but um, but uh, it was a uh, it, you know it all it all works out. But a lot of that stuff, because I mean, in the eighties, there was I mean, Porky's, all that stuff. There was there was the kind of peeping tom thing, but it was innocent. In the 80s. I mean, was it at the time? Was that considered... It felt like when I was doing it <laughs> a couple days ago. <laughs> oh, drunk but, but, you know, when I look at a kid, and obviously I'll let Curtis answer this, but it, when I was a kid, it felt it did feel a little more instant. When you, it, you, you know, you're you're at a house across the street and there's a hot chick, and it's like, oh, I wonder yeah. if she's going to be showering right now. There was a certain amount of innocence to it, and I don't know if the internet changed that or just the fact that we got older changed that. I think it's, it's both. I mean, I think it's, you know, one of those things. And people... Look look at it now and you know it's been written about that scene in particular mm-hmm. has been written about because in but again by by pretty much any standard that's rape you know i mean <laughs> pretty much. so pretty, yeah. you know but but that's our view of it in this in this in this time and we look at it in a different way obviously now than we did then and it is a difference it is the, of its time you know and you know you, you can find a lot of areas that are questionable and a lot of the you know the way that Lamar is depicted the way Takashi is 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 portrayed all of those they're very funny and they're wonderful and we love them and but it's something you would never do now. Yeah, I think it succeeds way. on two levels. I think it's still a hilarious movie, and it also serves as a great time capsule for what 1984 Absolutely was true. like on a campus. Well, I mean, just I mean, look at this. Look at this. The the fact that look at the soundtrack of that movie. That soundtrack is. It, I'm it's glad you ridiculous. brought that up. It is so iconic. 1980s. Yeah. It puts you and right when you hear Revenge of the Nerds as the the well, opening credits are rolling, you just so get put in that world. But then the 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 needle drops on the on the, on the picture, like putting. Uh, you know uh, Michael Jackson. I mean mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. that Michael Jackson number, which was barely out. You know we really, yeah. It had just or was just about to come out. It wasn't an old song, and you would never, <laughs> after that, have been able to afford a Michael <laughs> oh, yeah. Jackson, That's especially right. Thriller. I mean, it was such a big record, and we got it. They just went okay, yeah. You know, <laughs> talking heads, okay, yeah, have it. You know, and they're, you know, Queen, take it. That's right, yeah, we are the champions. Yeah, we are the champions. Yeah. 
What's, so, what's putting a bow on this on this whole thing? And again, I'm so thrilled that you that you were able to join us today. We really appreciate thank it. You. Guilty I movie pleasure. Too. I know Josh McCuga in his. He, he, I think he's got to work today too or something. But I'm going to pretend sleeping. he's in a hungover coma. I think he's still um, sleeping in a coma. What, what's maybe? A, and I don't know if you have a stock one that you always go to, or what's what's one more like, just like the craziest thing that happened on set or the the wackiest story that happened while you were making Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, I can't. I can't go there. <laughs> I can't go there. there are too many. Uh, there are too many. No, that's not possible. <laughs> Just take it from me. It was. We were all lucky to get out of it alive. So was that camel. <laughs> that camel. I mean, it's it, it. When when you watch something like King of the Nerds too, you realize that how celebrated this film is, and that the hosts yeah. of the show, Robert Carradine, right, and Curtis Armstrong, were from Revenge of the Nerds, and you can catch King of the Nerds on TBS every Friday night, I believe, for the next seven weeks, right? That's right. Yeah, we, we premiered last week, so uh, this Friday will be our second. Make sure you watch, it, and you can follow uh, you can follow Curtis on Twitter. Actually, your Twitter handle is Curtis is Booger. Curt- yeah, yeah. It's one word though. It's not like Curtis's Booger. Like it's a booger belonging to Curtis. <laughs> it's Curtis is booger. So that's it. Make sure you follow Ben Bagley at Ben Bagley Comedy. You can follow me at fifty one fifty Ellison, of course at Schmoes. No, if you guys are watching oh, this. And by the way, yeah. Bobby Carradine, you can find on Twitter Bobby is Lewis. So it's we we both went there. Did you guys get Twitter handles the same day? Like yeah. we're yeah. going to do well, this. Well, we had to because we 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 didn't have Twitter mm-hmm. yeah. until King of the Nerds, and they said TBS said you have to have Twitter. So they came out and set us up for it, and neither one of us could get our own names. So oh, it's a pod. I wrote oh, yeah. the dude. There's a dude who there's a Mark Ellis on Twitter, and I wrote him. He's got like a thousand followers. All he does is retweet crazy like like conspiracy yeah. theories. And I just wrote him, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, hey, is there any chance you'd be willing to give that up? And he's like, well, seeing as how it's my name, I don't think so. And yeah. I'm like, I can't argue with that logic. It's a pretty yeah. good name. That's why I had to go with Ben Bagley comedy, and I've regretted it ever since because now I'm like, everything I tweet has to be funny. <laughs> I'm fifty one fifty Ellis. The- everything I tweet has to be mentally insane. So we're <laughs> right. about Van Halen, you know? It's we're about. <laughs> Screwed our Twitter account. We should just shut them down. It's crazy, yeah. So make sure. Thank you guys so much for joining us on thank this you. very special episode of Guilty Movie Pleasures. Follow Curtis on Twitter. Make sure if you guys have not seen the film, do don't, yourself yeah, a favor. Don't wait any longer. Watch yeah. Revenge of the Nerds if you can get it. Ben, thank you for bringing in. I got a four pack of wow bachelor party. Porkies, Weekend at Bernie's, and Revenge of the Nerds. That's a. I was excited when I got. I was super pumped. That's a pretty good day at the movies. I've never seen Bachelor Party either. <laughs> oh, Bachelor Party! I got treat. We have Tom Hanks coming in next week to talk about oh, Bachelor perfect, Party. Perfect. So make sure. Okay, I gotta. I gotta do my homework. My homework. Yeah. Uh, Tom Hanks' PR people are like, what? <laughs> He's like, do we have this in this really? <laughs> Make sure you guys uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Schmoes No, as well as the Schmoes No podcast channel, and. Uh, very uh, special announcement next uh, February 19th I'll be in New York at Gotham Comedy Club taping a TV set called Live at Gotham so if you're in the New York area make sure you guys check that out Uh, Curtis I can't thank you enough thank you guys uh, for coming in here today and gracing us with your presence as Ben and I try to get over our karaoke hangover (laughs) King of the Nerds it airs every Friday on TBS at 9pm for the next 7 weeks make sure you guys check out Revenge of the Nerds From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Spitek, Christian Harloff, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principals.